Well, as you can tell, today we celebrate communion. And as you well know, communion is a time for us to remember. In fact, uh, God's Word tells us that we're to, to eat and to drink of the elements on this table in remembrance of Jesus. But I want to tell you, it is certainly about that, but I want to let you know it's also more. And by what I mean by that is this. Communion is a celebration of restoration. I've never been in the restoration business, but I've got a couple pieces of furniture that are in my house. One is a desk. This desk was something that was at my parents' house that had been used out. Uh, I guess they just found this piece of furniture. They decided to to use it for a variety of purposes. So it sat out under a crepe myrtle tree and weather and everything, it, it just kind of kind of messed it up for use of, as a desk. But I, when we were in Bethel, my first church, we I found this thing and I asked my mother if I could have this and she let me have it. And so I took it home and I began the process of restoration. And I took something that had been covered with cobwebs and started warping and, and, and really get, turned out to be a, a terrible piece of furniture, but was able to take that and to restore it. I moved it from out under a crepe myrtle tree to a place in our home where it could beautify our home and be used in our home as a desk. And I am excited to be able to say that Nancy has her quiet time at a desk that used to sit under a crepe myrtle tree and collect spiderwebs. And I bring this up to you because I want you to understand restoration is about bringing something that was maybe broken and, and useless and considered really nothing, a little more than trash and making something beautiful out of it, something useful out of it. And communion is not only a reminder of what Jesus has done for us on the cross, it is a reminder of the restoration that we who are in Christ have experienced because of Him. He took us out of the world, out of sin, and He brought us into the family of God, and He calls us His. We have been restored. We have been made new. We have been made beautiful in His sight and useful for His kingdom. Communion is a celebration of restoration for those who are in Christ. And if that is your location, then this is your celebration. And I pray that it indeed will be exactly that. Because what was lost in the what was lost in the Garden of Eden was made new at the Garden Tomb. Jesus did for us what we could not do for ourselves. That distance, that chasm that existed between us and God because of our sin, Jesus bridged that gap in order to bring us back into right relationship with the Father. And so today, 
we gather to remember what God has done and His great mercy and grace for us and to celebrate that in Him we have been restored, brought back into right relationship with Him, made new. We gather this morning to celebrate uh, God's work of love for us and rejoice in the restoration we have. We've come out of death into life. We've come out of darkness into light. We were once lost, but now we are found. We were broken, but now we belong. And so this morning, as we prepare to come to this table, let us prepare also to hear the Word of the Lord speak to us about true communion. Let's pray. Father God, thank You so much for this moment, this time to pull away from all that distracts and distresses and to come. Not simply to take communion, but Lord, we want to experience communion. We want to know what it is. We want this to be more than a ritual. We want it to be real. And so God, would you draw us near as we draw near to you that we might truly commune with you and with one another around this table. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I'll invite you to open to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to look at verses 17 to 21. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 to 21. Uh, I think we've printed those in your handout, so you are there in front of you. We'll also be able to have it up on the screen. And But this morning, if you have your Bible open, I'll ask that you just kind of hold it open, because what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to go through this kind of verse by verse and spend a little time letting it speak to us this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning in verse 17. And here's what we read. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. When we look at this, the phrase that first leaps out at me is this, this phrase, if anyone is in Christ. What does that mean? To be in Christ means that we are a follower of Jesus. We have embraced the truth that He is Savior and Lord. To be in Christ means that our location has changed. We once were, we belonged to the world. Now we belong to Christ. Our location spiritually has changed. What a difference that would make in our day. What a difference it would make if we reminded ourselves each morning of our location. So I wake up and I don't just think, okay, I'm here at 1251 Country Club Drive in my bed. That is my physical location. But to remind myself of my spiritual location, I am in Christ. And so I begin my day with a completely new mindset, knowing that my spiritual location, even my physical location, may change. I may be here 
This morning, I may be in Americas in the afternoon. But my spiritual location never changes. I am in Christ. And so a powerful, two, just two simple words, they mean so much. So, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, in other words, if you're a Christian, then, then what God's Word tells us is that you are a new creation. Now, do you always feel like a new creation? No. And so part of the reminding process of reminding myself where I am spiritually is to remind myself of who I am spiritually. I am a new creation. If you hadn't read John chapter 3 yet, I'd encourage you to go back maybe this afternoon and read it. There's an encounter there between Jesus and Nicodemus, and Jesus challenges Nicodemus with this with these words. He says, you must be born again. Now, for those of us who have grown up in church and have experience in church, and we've read John chapter 3, we get a little better idea of what Jesus is talking about. But for Nicodemus, it was all brand new. And so Nicodemus asks what seems to be the logical question. Um, Jesus, could you? what are you talking about? Is it possible for a man to go back into his mother's womb? And this is the point at which all the women cringe. Is it possible for for a man to go back into his mother's womb and to be born again? And Jesus says, let me me straighten it. Chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 say this. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water, that is a physical birth. Any of you have had birth, you understand this born of water, and the Spirit, a spiritual birth. Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. We have a new birth. For those of us who are in Christ, we are a new creation. God has made us new. He's taken those broken and and stained pieces of our lives, and He's put us together in a way that's absolutely incredible and and brand new. Yes, our face may look the same. Because I'm a new creation, it doesn't mean that I weigh 220 one morning, and then I get on the scales the next morning, and I weigh 180. That's not the kind of new creation we're talking about. We're talking about being made new spiritually, being renewed. New creation. And all of this, he says, look at verse 18, all of this is from God. Focus on that for a minute. What he's saying is, you didn't do any of it. I hear people say all the time, I I, I want to turn over a new leaf. What they're trying to say is, I I, I want to start again. I want a new beginning. And hey, some good news. In Jesus, there is a new beginning. But the new beginning is not something we do. It's not a matter of self-effort. It's not a matter of work. It's not about just being a better person. We ought to be better people. But that's not what Jesus calls us to be. Jesus calls us to be His people. The better comes from the change that happens on the inside. We don't, it's, it's not from the outside in. It's not if we just keep doing this and doing this and doing this, 
then we actually change who we are. No, Jesus changes who we are, and that changes the outside. All this is from God. God did this, who through Christ, this is how he did it, through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. And so God went out under that crepe myrtle tree and he found that, that old desk with all the, the finish worn off of it and parts of it having been painted in an attempt to, to, to spruce it up some and the rotting pieces of wood and the drawer falling out and really good for, for very little other than just being tossed on a wood pile to be burned up as kindling. And yet God found us in that sorry state. God found us because God was seeking after us and He brought us to Himself and He did this miraculous thing. Now, it wasn't just that He slapped on a coat of varnish. It wasn't just that He repaired the the broken pieces. What God did was far greater than what I did in restoring a piece of furniture because God took something old and dead and worthless and God made it new. God made it new and beautiful, more glorious than it had ever been in the past. And God made it useful not just to be better towards other people. God made it useful in that we were now useful for His kingdom. He brought us back. He reconciled us. To be reconciled means to be brought back into right relationship with God. Our sin-stained lives created a chasm, a distance between us and God, but, but God has reconciled. God has done this through Jesus. He has brought us back to Himself And then let me blow your mind if you've never read this or never let it sink in before. Let it sink in right now. He has not only sought us out by His own sovereign grace sought us out. He has not only reconciled us, brought us back into right relationship with Him. Did you see what it says here? He has now given to us, entrusted to us, The ministry of reconciliation. What does that mean? Well, we don't have to guess at that because we are told what it means in verse 20. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making His appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So we don't have to guess at what the ministry of reconciliation is. The ministry of reconciliation is that we who are in Christ, we who have been made new, we who are reconciled to God, we who know the glory of having a hope that never dies, a peace that cannot be taken away, a joy that the circumstances of life cannot blow out, we who have experienced this have now been entrusted to share this message with people who need it. To light our candle and take it out into a dark world. To tell people, no matter what you've done, no matter how you've messed up, no matter how far you've fallen, no matter how many times you've stumbled, no matter how bad you've been and how far away from God you have roamed, You can be reconciled to God. 
the door is open. God has not turned His back on you. He has not rejected you. He has not forsaken you. He has not pushed you away. You have a God who loves you and whose love was supremely shown in the cross that He would give His Son. Paying the price for our sin so that we might come to Him. Look at verse 21. It tells us this right here. For our sake. Boy, that in and of itself is pretty powerful. For you, for me, for our sake. He made Him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. God initiated communion. And the word communion simply means to be united or in union with. God made it possible. And we celebrate here today that we can be one with Him. What was broken shattered, has been restored. God makes it possible for us to have this new life. And then, get this. God says, my plan A my plan is to entrust to those who've come to understand grace, mercy, love, forgiveness, salvation. My plan is to entrust to those who are in Christ a ministry, a ministry of reconciliation, to go and to tell people what it means to be in Christ. That it's not about your location on Sunday morning as much as it is your location spiritually being in Christ. And I brought this chair and I sat it here because I want you to take a look up and down the row that you're sitting on right now. Anyone see a chair like this with no one in it? Anyone see that on your row? Yeah, I'm looking. I really don't see a row that's completely and totally filled, which means there's room still, right? There's room there. So I'm going to ask you a question, and, and I want to hear your answer to this. For those of you who are in Christ, to whom has the ministry of reconciliation been given? The answer would be to me. So let me ask it again. To whom has the ministry of reconciliation been given? Some of you are getting it. So let me ask it again. To whom has the ministry of reconciliation been given? Then whose responsibility is it to fill this chair? 
It's something often we just say, you know, okay, the pastors do that, the elders do that, the deacons do that, but that's not what the Scripture tells us. The Scripture tells us that we who are in Christ, who have been reconciled to God, have now been entrusted with the ministry of reconciliation. That we are to tell people that God is willing to exchange their sin-stained life for a new life. An eternal life. A life filled with joy and hope and peace and love and grace and mercy forever. And so I would encourage you today, people of God, to have the same passion that we see in Paul's writing that we might go out and plead with those who don't know Christ. Be reconciled with God. Come to a God who's waiting for you, longing for you, and who loved you enough to send His Son to die on Calvary's cross. Let's prepare our hearts to receive communion. Gentlemen, if you'll come down. After the bread, Jesus took the cup. When He thanked the Father for it, He passed it to each of them and said, This is the blood of the new covenant poured out for the forgiveness of your sins. Let us drink of it now in remembrance of Him. Heavenly Father, thank You that I, that we were made for communion with You and that You through Your Son Jesus Christ did everything necessary to make that communion happen by restoring us by reconciling us, by redeeming us, by calling us your own. For we pray it in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.